today. We are here with Steven. I'm pretty sure that this episode marks the closest that Creating Magic Podcast is ever going to get to interacting directly with a cast member from the Harry Potter film series. <laughs> For two reasons. For two, and I'm just going to leave the tease at that and we'll get to it later on in the episode. <laughs> okay, so hopefully he remembers to tell us those two reasons. But we are here with Carrie. Hi. To start out, let's hear who you are, your house, Patronus, and favorite character. Okay, so my name's Carrie. I go by Carrie Al for my cosplay alias. I am in Hufflepuff, which is funny because a lot of people confuse me for Gryffindor. Um, my Patronus is a Sparrowhawk. And my favorite Harry Potter character is Neville, because who doesn't love an underdog? Well, so let's just get right into it. Do people confuse you or, or, or perceive that you're a Gryffindor because of, from, you know, in your opinion, of course, you can't know what other people are thinking necessarily. But would you say that's because you strongly resemble Emma Watson or is that because there's something about your personality? Like, like where does that stem from? It's mostly appearances. Um, one, I cosplay in Gryffindor clothes. <laughs> so that that's one of the reasons. And like, I don't know, they, so whenever I do like videos or dress up, they're like, oh, I thought you were a Gryffindor. And surprise, I'm a Hufflepuff, which um, I've always known that I was a Hufflepuff since I read the books. And when I finally got sorted, it put me in a Hufflepuff. So I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, let's just general PSA for the public here, if we're extrapolating this point a little bit. Let's just not make assumptions based off people's superficial qualities, like what they dress like. For instance, on the weekends, I tend just to wear sweatpants and not shower because, like, whatever. That, that doesn't mean I'm a degenerate. It just means on the weekends, that's how I'm dressing. So, you know, let's... You know, let's get to know people before we start making assumptions on, on clothing. That was a little bit of a snapshot into my life. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I think it's also common for cosplayers who cosplay outside of their house to be mistaken. And people just assume that when someone cosplays, they only cosplay within their house. Yeah, definitely. But that's rather limiting because there aren't as many characters if you just stick with where you were placed. Yeah, and the one, like, big one we had got got in book four. Like, every other house has some form of recurring characters that appear throughout the series from start to finish. Hufflepuff just all, I mean, look, there's the whole Chamber of Secrets snake scary stuff. Then you fast forward to Goblet of Fire and they, hooray, Cedric's here. We finally have some representation. And oh, bum, ba bum, bum, bum. And he's gone. And he's gone. And that's it. And that's it. So I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Uh, we got gypped. Well, that's why there's also Puffs, the off Broadway, which is super awesome. <laughs> if you want your Hufflepuff fix. <laughs> Oh, I was looking through some old photos today um, from MistyCon of, what was that, 2019? Was that really last summer? Um, that yes. in and of itself is kind of hard to believe. Um, 
from at MistyCon, they had a panel um, where it was the um, where Zach Moon and Julian Earls were there. Um, Wayne and um, um, Wayne and Megan, and that was incredible. Um, that was I had goosebumps that entire panel. Um, so yeah, that was that, which is a nice, I guess, a nice kind of segue into talking about the role of fan art and the, and the role of the fandom in, in, in continuing kind of the canon. Which Puffs is an incredible way to get more representation into into these books and movies. Um, so yeah. Anywho, Danny, I've gotten us off track enough. Why don't you take over from here? So let's start with how did you find Harry Potter and what led you from starting with the books to becoming an active member within that community? Um, So I didn't really know what Harry Potter was until the first movie came out. So this is like when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Um, I'm only about six months older than Emma. So it was just right after the first movie came out. That's when I stopped at a post office to mail a letter for my mom. And a couple of young girls just kept pointing and giggling at me and called me Hermione. And I was like, what's going on? I was super embarrassed, but I just kind of smiled and just gave like a little wave. I was like, all right, I don't know if I look like somebody. But then I went home and I told my mom about it and we looked it up and that's when we found out that Hermione was a character from Harry Potter. So then I started reading the books and just kind of grew obsessed with it <laughs> from my middle school to high school years. Kind of died down after high school though because I was getting a lot of like, ew, you like Harry Potter? Like they thought I was crazily obsessed with it. But then when I started cosplaying a few years ago, I didn't realize like how massive the fandom was and that I was like, you know what? I don't need the people that are being negative about Harry Potter. I can just join the Harry Potter community and there's tons of people that will support my love for it. So, um, and yeah, I didn't know who I wanted to start cosplaying as when I first started going to conventions, but then my friends were like, well, Hermione will be an easy one for you anyway. So that's when I started cosplaying as Hermione and it just got super popular fast. (laughs) From going to conventions to then having your social media presence, do you feel almost cornered in because of Hermione? Do you really just enjoy cosplaying her? I have other characters that I cosplay as well, but bringing Hermione to life has like brought in a lot of joy for the people around me. Um, I've been invited to conventions where I was a guest cosplayer as Hermione and I would just have people like freaking out and they're like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing because they might not be able to have a chance to meet Emma Watson, but the next closest thing that they would have is like a cosplayer dressed up as Hermione and they just all wanted photos and be like, Hey, I'm going to show this off to my friends and be like, Hey, I met Emma Watson, (laughs) which I thought was really, it's, it's really unreal to me, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just bringing the character to life has always been rewarding like on my behalf. And then also 
it hasn't really like cornered me because it makes me want to do like others as well. I actually am thinking about doing like Moaning Myrtle and Voldemort and others just to kind of like branch out of just a normal character, but to like do a ghost character or to do like an evil character. Like I want to do more than just Hermione. So. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, from the second you got on the zoom call and of course I, you could probably argue that I was kind of primed to look for these traits because well, we got to first know you as that incredible Hermione Granger cosplayer through Magic from HomeCon. But like everything, it's it's not just like the look. It's like the way the way you kind of moved your eyebrows when you were talking. Like the everything, like even just that right there. So for the listeners who can't see what I'm seeing, so I'm going to try <laughs> to describe this. Right, Carrie just kind of put her her hands in like a little TP kind of like like the Stefan from SNL. Right, she just did that <laughs> little move, and everything about it, it it's. I mean, I, freaky, but I mean that in the best way possible. How, like, how identical that was. Um, but I guess the question, because seeing as this is an interview and not just me ranting about how wonderful of a job you do, the question is, well, how did you get into cosplay in the first place? Right? You mentioned that you know when you started going to conventions, you decided you had to decide who you were going to cosplay. But I mean, look, I've been going to conventions for a while now. I don't even remotely think about cosplaying. How did like? Were, were you someone that was active in theater, performing arts growing up? Like, how did this become a thing for you? Uh, yeah, actually, I did the Wizard of Oz musical in high school. I was a poppy tornado, part of the Oz choir, and a manicurist of Cowardly Lion, while also doing stage crew. So it was just constant, like, costume changes as well. And then I also did... Um, a haunted attraction. I was one of the scare actors. I also was a clown for a circus, so I can juggle a little bit. <laughs> but I've had um, those those things like started my experience with um, like face, like painting um, and prosthetics and whatnot. So then after that i had my daughter so it kind of like put things on hold for a while i was busy juggling raising her and working and then eventually in the last few years now that she's gotten a little older um when i moved from new york to indiana i finally had the opportunity to like just go out and i figured well i need to like make friends in the new area since I just moved and I decided to go to the comic con. Um, and it happened to be like the first one that they did, I think in that city for Indiana comic con. And as soon as I went, I didn't realize what cosplaying was. And I looked around and I saw everyone drop like dressed up in their cosplays. And I'm like, what is this? Like, I didn't know that this was a thing that we can just dress up in costumes for a convention. And that's what, triggered me to learn about um what cosplay was and then I didn't start cosplaying until like a couple years later does your daughter cosplay and is she interested into in it she actually is interested in it we just haven't gotten her fully started with it yet um a lot of the cause like a lot of the conventions that we've had happens to be around the time that she's at her dad's anyway she's usually at her dad's um for school breaks and that's when I usually go to conventions. Um, but I think, I mean, there are some 
like convention opportunities I'm sure of that I could probably like take her. Um, well, it's, it's a mix of her being gone or I'm a guest at a convention. If I'm a guest, it's a little harder to have her there with it while I'm trying to work the convention. So um, if there's going to be a time where I'm not a guest, then I really want to take her because I know she really wants to go. Um, but yeah, that's, she, she's more of the scare type. She likes the scary stuff better. So <laughs> I think um, one of her first cosplays that she might want to do is Annabelle. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, look, while she's while she is still younger and therefore smaller, you could always do like a Lucius and Dobby thing. Like that could work, right? Because she ages out of that the second she gets above like I don't know, like five feet tall or something, right? So you know, well, see, she, well first off, she's already five foot two. <laughs> okay, look, I don't understand children but, or height for that matter. So I just threw an arbitrary <laughs> number on that, but sure. She also does want to cosplay Yoda. <laughs> So, look. So here's what you do: is you start with Dobby because Dobby is like that tan, cream kind of flesh, you know, white, white flesh color. And then once you're done with Dobby, you spray paint it green, and you got Yoda. <laughs> Two cosplays in one. You're welcome. One of the reasons he does not cosplay right here. <laughs> no, that, that's economical. That's efficient. That's strategic thinking. Why build it's two? It's sustainable. It's sustainable. See, the, when you're eating, like, he doesn't cosplay. That was a smart idea, Danny. <laughs> One of the things, and this is Harry Potter adjacent, that I've seen you've been doing recently, and I'm just curious, is that you've been making filters. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I have never heard of this until I saw you posting about it. So then I had to do research. Um. Okay, so... Back in, like, middle school and high school, I used to make MySpace layouts for people. (laughs) And then, um, so I used to do, like, a lot of, um, like, designing and coding when I was younger. And while also doing a lot of writing as well, I did, like, story writing. Um, Never got to finish anything. But I used to make layouts for forums, too. But it's been so long. Um, and then because of COVID and being stuck at home, I was like, well, I need to do something else with my life right now besides making TikToks. <laughs> so, um, I, I wanted to start messing around with editing again. And then I discovered Lightroom and I've been able to, I learned how to do like making your presets, which are like easy to use like filters for photos. So if you just upload a uh, photo to Lightroom, then you just select a preset to put on it. And it's just like how Visco works or how um, other like editing apps are, like when you put a filter on it or like the Instagram filter. So um, I started doing that. And I also recently learned Spark AR, which is um, like the AR the AR like augmented or it's when you go to Instagram stories and you find a filter that you want to use like for your video or boomerangs or anything. Um, I learned how to make one of those. So I, well now I have two of them now. Um, but I've only just done like basic ones right now, which is, I, I want to eventually do like, I mean, I've seen filters out there with like the wonder woman, um, tiara or 
yeah, I, I just want to learn how to start making those as well, but it just, it's tedious sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been enjoying following it and researching it because I am a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I was like the type of person that would just kind of stay at home on the weekends and just mess around with this stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. So, yeah. One of the things you, you brought up TikTok, so I'm just going to take it there. This is for, for the listeners who are keeping count. Reason number one that this episode is the closest reference against the Harry Potter cast is, of course, the fact that. Um, Carrie cosplays as Hermione Granger and nails it beyond a point of of being able to differentiate between the actual actress and herself. Reason number two is, and this could be some really sublime TikTok editing that just went over my head. Did you hang out with Stan Yanevsky? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's um, I got to work at an event with him in one weekend and then I also got to work another couple of events with Chris Franken um also the cast of Puffs and Um, yeah so I got to hang out with a few people from Harry Potter (laughs) all right where do I start so okay so the the TikTok with Stan let's go there are you just like, hey, I'd love to do this video? Are you down? Like, how how does that, like, be, I guess the reason I'm asking is not in the Harry Potter realm, but I've interacted with, I don't know if you'd call them celebrities, but people who were well-known and public figures before, kind of at events. Yeah. And there's always that fine line of just being like, hey, I'm also here, just want to say hi. And like, hey, oh my God, will you like call my grandma? She's one of your biggest fans, right? So like, how did that come to be? So um, we were invited to be guests for an event down in Ecuador, but he couldn't make it. So he was like, well, maybe another time. And then he posted something about being in Wisconsin for ExpectoCon. And I'm like, you're literally about four to five hours away from me right now. And he goes, well, can you make it up for the weekend? And I can see about getting you in for the as a guest for the convention. So I got to just work the event with him all weekend, which was pretty cool. As, as this podcast has progressed, I think Danny and I both have become, it's, it's become really cool to realize just how many people in the community we know now um, versus when we started going to conventions and we didn't have a podcast. Um, but it's like conversations like these, because like, I, like, I was like, okay, like, I'm pretty cool now. Like I'm friends with like Katie Ayani, the Harry Potter fan. I'm friends with Brandy Simply Potter Girl, Chelsea Griffin, like some of like, like the bigger people who are just normal people that everyone wants to take their photo with at these conventions because they're always in ornate cosplays and all that crap. But then I realized after talking with you, there's like this whole other realm of society within these conventions. And I'm like, well, that's, I, I'm not in that room. I, that is like a whole different thing. Um, like you casually was like, yeah, I just got invited to a thing down in Ecuador and like Stan was going to be there, but he had to cancel. So like we were just talking, like, it's a whole different thing. I'm, it really is unreal. Yeah, so there. you said that the first time you kind of became aware of the fact that you resembled Emma Watson was because you were at the post office and people were kind of pointing at you. 
how like how do you emotionally reconcile like that's where this journey started for you it's like fast forward to now like you just got you had a tiktok that had two million you know plays you know in cosplay like how how does how does that journey and that path for you kind of reconcile in your mind uh i mean i don't really see it as i mean a lot of my friends think it's like super cool but i myself i'm like well it's just a tiktok it's just you know like i don't know it's just i don't i guess i'm just kind of humble about it or modest about it cuz i don't really see it as oh my gosh i have 170 some thousand followers on tiktok which i don't really understand i mean people think oh you're like tiktok famous but i'm like i'm not really tiktok famous <laughs> but i don't know i just don't really see it that way um it's also the same as honestly i just see myself as myself anyway and then when i'm out like in public um especially at conventions that's when i get the most stares or comments or fangirls I guess like I've, I've had people like literally screaming in my face saying oh my god you look just like and it's I don't really know how to like put it into words because I can get the double glance factor but I still just feel like and look like myself at the end of the day so <laughs> No, I mean, I think that's a really, I think it's a really good point. And I, generally speaking, don't, wouldn't say that I, I, that I go nuts over the fact that, like, I, like, like, that we know you or that we know, whether it's Katie, who, you know, has interacted with she who must not be named a handful of times, right? Like, that's all well and good. But when it hits me, it's like, for instance, and this has happened, this is not a, a fabricated example, I've had friends of mine who are not in the Harry Potter community send me TikTok links and be like, hey, check this out. And it's like, you know, Haley and Michael doing some of their, you know, cosplays or you. And I swear to God, I've gotten videos of you before from non-Harry Potter friends. I'm like, oh, like, we know her. Um, That's that's where it gets, that's where it becomes surreal for me, where it's like someone who's not involved in the community whatsoever is sending me content of people who I know. And I'm like, oh. That's the weird thing, though, too, is that I don't ever think about that is like it never occurs to me that someone right now could be sharing something of mine. Like, I just don't it doesn't really I don't know. It's out there. And that's all I know. Um, I also get my friends like my friends will have like, you know, on um, Facebook Messenger, they'll have that little icon, the default photo and like their friends will be like glancing over their shoulder and seeing the conversation. And they're like, wait, are you talking to Emma Watson? Like they'll see my little like profile photo and they freak out over it for some reason. I'll have my friends like message me and say, yeah, another person just freaked out about you. Or my boyfriend's friend had mentioned that his coworker was like, Hey, are you friends with like an Emma Watson? Because she came up as a suggested friend, like, uh, like friend request and I'm like oh my gosh like it's really weird to me I like that you're just like completely normal about it though you're just like yeah it's just it's this thing I do 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, it's just something that's like minor to me, I guess. I don't really put a lot of thought into it. Correct me if I'm wrong, you've also cosplayed Killer Frost. I do have a Killer Frost cosplay. Um, Actually, so I have Killer Frost. I have Tariel from The Hobbit. I've got Sabrina Spellman, um, Cheryl Blossom and others but yeah um i'm actually kind of really proud of my killer frost i just haven't gotten blue ice contacts yet um but i that's the power of instagram filters or tiktok filters or whatever is that you can use the eye contact filters (laughs) so that works Is there, I know you mentioned a few Potter-specific cosplays that you would like to do. Is there a cosplay out there that you're just, like, really into and just really want to do at some point? Um, so I'm not 100% done with my Nebula, my Nebula cosplay yet. Um, but she already got recognition from Karen Gillan anyway. All I know is that I posted my makeup test for Nebula and it's not 100% done and I didn't even have my back painted of my head, but she already shared my Nebula makeup test, which was super awesome. But the funny part about that is even though I'm underneath so much face makeup for the blue paint and the purple paint and all that people still in the comments were like, wait, don't you mean that's Emma Watson? <laughs> and I'm like, how do you see that underneath the bald cap? That's, yeah, that's not a basic cosplay. Like, Nebula is full on. Yeah, so that happened. And then also when I was in my Killer Frost cosplay at a convention, people were like, wait, aren't you that Hermione cosplayer? <laughs> so does that get frustrating to you? Um, I mean, I do want more recognition for my other stuff as well, but at the same time, I'm not unhappy with it. Like, I don't know. Um, but as far as other cosplays that I want to do, um, I know that I want to do Dottie, I think is her name from A League of Their Own. Um, and then I'm not 100% done yet with Claire from The Breakfast Club. Um, I'm, I'm currently in the works of Elaine, which is a book character from um, a, a Court of Thorn and Roses. Uh, there's no, like, visual, like, actor for her yet. Like, I'm not sure if they're working on a movie or book or TV series or anything for the books, but there is fan art out there. So I've been using that for inspiration. And I have like tons of others that I want to work on. (laughs) Always another project. Yeah. Let's move into, and these are, depending on Steven's mood, completely opinion-based and there is no right or wrong answer. Favorite book, favorite movie? Um, honestly, it's like the same for books and movies. I'm kind of conflicted between Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire because 
I love the time travel element that's in Prisoner of Azkaban, but I also loved seeing the Wizarding World from a new perspective in Goblet of Fire with the different um, schools and like the diversity that's there. So it's, I feel like once Prisoner of Azkaban hit, that was like, I don't know, it was just like a whole different vibe to it because of the time travel and then Goblet of Fire just like, there's just so much about the book that I just love so much. Um, and then as far as, I mean, I think the films, for what they are, um, as a separate entity, not comparing it to the books, I like how they turned out. Um, it's the first time it starts to get darker in a series. Um, and then... Another favorite film would be like the last one, uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two, because it does feel like it kind of wraps up the whole thing. So, what would you say were some of your favorite uh, uh, visualizations in the movies from the books? Right, like what, what were some of the things that they they brought to screen really nicely? Uh, well, I liked the Quidditch scenes. Uh, I don't know. I've always just want, like, I was wondering how they were going to be able to do the Quidditch scenes, like, when I first read the books, and then, I don't know, I just, I loved how it turned out. Um, the Yule Ball scene, as well, was nice to see that you're, you don't see the normal, like, typical castle. You got to see it all decked out, which was awesome. Um uh, I think um, any kind of like broomstick flying scenes, I guess, because I know there's quite a bit also in Order of the Phoenix and such. And it's just, I don't know, like being able to see that just makes you feel like it's really magic because we don't have it in real life. <laughs> I had always just appreciated Quidditch and the flying scenes for what they were. I never necessarily thought about it as more of like the kind of embodiment of the magic being real. Maybe, maybe my brain's extra tired today, or I, I really love that. What were some of the things that, what were some of the things that maybe didn't make it on onto screen that you were hoping for from the books? So it might be like a very Hermione thing to say, but I, would have loved to see SPEW brought out. I just, I don't know, I'm very much into the activism, so I feel like that would have been a great thing to put in, um, which we kind of got a little bit more of animal animal representation or creature representation in Fantastic Beasts in, like, the second one um, a little bit, but not not so much. Um, where they just talk about like how great they are and how they shouldn't, you know, be enslaved and all that. Um, I also, I don't know. I feel like even though we did get like a pretty good amount of like dragons, but I would have wanted more dragons. <laughs> I mean, I like the breakout scene from Gringotts, but I don't know. I just feel like I just wanted more of that. <laughs> If you could add any scene that was, if you were a ghost, 
Where would you want to haunt in the wizarding world? Uh, probably the kitchens. <laughs> but then I would be sad that I'm not be like able to eat any of the food. <laughs> but then I would be like a sad ghost. You can just be sad with Myrtle. Yeah. I don't know if Myrtle is sad. I think Myrtle is just eternally, what was she, 14 when she died? Like eternally emotional. She's a ter- she's eternally a like immature teenager. So she's just you know beholden to all of the the whims of of teenage emotions, but she's not allowed any resolution cuz she's dead. So I, I, I let's it's not that Myrtle's sad, it's that situation has dictated and forced Myrtle to be a forever imprint of, again, what was she, 14 or whatever? I don't, know. I don't remember how old she was when she died, but she's forever stuck in that ghost mindset. My favorite thing about Myrtle is how petty she is. She's like petty on another level of going to haunt her bully until she was demanded to go back to Hogwarts. That's that's a lot of the reason why I want to cosplay Myrtle so much is because I just feel like there's so much to her that we could have had, but we didn't have much to work with. No, I wish we would have seen the Draco-Myrtle interactions in book six. What would you say... What what would you say is the most like underrated, undervalued part of either Diagon Alley or Hogsmeade? Because I feel like, I mean, obviously we spend a ton of time in like the Leaky Cauldron and the Three Broomsticks. Um, towards the end, of course, we get Weasley's Wizard Wheezes and, and whatnot. But we kind of just blow through a ton of those shops and a ton of those stores and 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 kind of places. Um, I'm curious of any kind of like, hey, I really wish we had spent more time in. Ilopes or at Fortescue. Does anything stand out for you there? Actually, Fortescue is probably one of my options. Um, and I've also thought about like Madame Malkins, though, too. I feel like it would have been nice to see more wizarding wardrobe, like besides just the typically like uniforms and such. Um, but I feel like, you know, it would have been nice to see some like really eccentric like outfits and, and, I don't know. I just want more food scenes as well. So like any restaurants would have been nice too. So. Which raises, <laughs> Oh God, I'm going down this path, which raises like a much larger question about. So for instance, the wizarding apparel that we get are the school robes up until all of a sudden they're allowed to wear jeans and t-shirts to school. And we're led to believe in Goblet of Fire at the Quidditch World Cup that wizard adults don't know how to dress like muggles, generally speaking. Which means that there must be some form of like adults, like casual wizard wear. A lot of wizards, I would bargain so far as to say the majority of wizards live in some form of hiding given that they, they, live, they live in muggle communities. Like they live in Godric's Hollow, they live, or even like the Weasleys, like they live with a muggle village nearby. So it's not like they can just walk around in robes all day or whatever casual wizard wear is. And the only, here's the tie in to where Danny is afraid that I'm going. 
the only food establishments we get are the three broomsticks, Madam Putty Futs, the Hogshead, if we're calling that a food establishment, um, the Leaky Cauldron, and a place for ice cream. Like, where, like, is that it? Is that is that the entire wizarding economy, the entire wizarding world, at least in Great Britain, all they've got are like a couple restaurants, a dingy bar, and an ice cream shop? I feel like that's that's the beauty of like Harry Potter is that there's just a lot more to it that we could have had that we could at least imagine with the different locations. Like, you know, now we're finding out more about like other schools. So we have like, you know, Ilvermorny and whatnot. Um, so now I kind of just want to like, well, what would have school life been like at Ilvermorny or, you know, all the different other wizarding places there are out there in the world that we could have had. Um, so, I mean, this could be something that could like just branch on for on and on and on if need be, but I don't, I think we're, we mostly just have Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts to work off of except fan fictions. <laughs> and due to the state of things, I won't ask about future plans because none of us know what those look like. Yeah. My, as far as I know, we don't really have any other plans for, I haven't been to a single convention at all this year. Um, there, There is a Harry Potter Wizard Fest thing going on in Indianapolis this year. And they invited me to see if I wanted to be on stage for a bit. And I told them, well, it depends on what's going on <laughs> with the state of the world by then. Um, and then there's another one. There's another small Harry Potter event in like November that we don't know about yet. I mean, so far it's supposed to be running, but even then I just don't know how comfortable I would feel about it. So, I mean, as far as I know, I had no plans at all for this year. Um, I was supposed to go to Wizarding World for the first time ever at the end of July for LeakyCon and that didn't happen. So I have postponed it for June of next year for LeakyCon. So we'll see if that happens. So you haven't been to the parks yet? I haven't yet. And I'm always having friends say, hey, I just saw you at Wizarding World. And it's just pictures of Hermione. <laughs> there, There's a certain voice that we would love you just oh. to... <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. No. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen whenever you get to go, right? whether that's in three months, whether that's in three years, who's to say? There, there are multiple, I'm not going to spoil anything. There are multiple points throughout the theme park, throughout the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, where they pipe in through little like vignettes or little, you know, little mini scenes, which I guess is redundant. That's what a vignette is. Um, the actors, um, be it the twins, be it uh, the Golden Trio, be it Robbie Coltrane, you name it, um, be it um, um, uh, Neville, right? There's there's different. I'm not going to get into any more detail. I'm I'm being deliberately vague, listeners. It's not that I'm losing my mind. It's that I'm trying to maintain the secrecy the statute of secrecy. All, all I'm saying is you're going to get to a point where 
there's going to be an interaction around Hermione. That's all I'm going to say. And you're going to think back to this conversation. And I'm not really sure what you're going to realize or think, because I'm not really making a point here, because there's no point I can make without giving it away. But you're going to be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Got it. So, uh, see, I've already kind of had it spoiled. Oh, damn. A little bit. I don't know. They said that, like, the voice is really bad, is what I've been told. And so when I did some of my TikTok videos, they're like, you should have done the voice for it. (laughs) But honestly, I just, I don't want to, like, butcher the language. So (laughs) I try not. You can't butcher it any worse than whoever the actress is. They got to do the recording for Hermione at the park. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I've had people say, hey, you should have just done that instead. It's bad. <laughs> and, and and I mean, look, who's to say? You're, never mind the fact that you haven't been to the parks from your own personal enjoyment and passion and love standpoint. But strictly from a, hey, let's get some views on the social standpoint. You're going to go to the parks, and if you take any photos while you're there or any TikToks while you're there, your content's going to blow up because, again, people think you're Emma Watts outside of a post office. Imagine what they're going to think when you have Hogwarts Castle behind you. What's going to happen is Warner Brothers and Universal are going to see these content. They're going to see these videos, and they're going to be like, hey, she's great. Let's make her part of the official. I don't even know (laughs) what, but let's get her on the payroll, people. And on the other side of that, if people start approaching you, they may put you in cosplay jail. They also might do that. That's happened to a lot of our friends and our friends do not look like any of the actors. So my, my plan was that even though it was going to be really hot, I'm going to be wearing like as somewhat of a Hogwarts uniform for just so that I could take some like pictures or videos real quick. And then I was going to have like a change of clothes with me or um, just do it for like one day. And then the other day or two, I was just going to like go and just kind of like Harry Potter ish clothes, but not like, you know, like a Hufflepuff t-shirt or something. But yeah, I don't really have like, big plans on being in costume for like the majority of the time because it's going to be hot out anyway so yeah I just want to be able to like take some photos or videos and that's about it (laughs) so one of the things we do like doing is because this podcast is about creators and people within the community we like shouting people out so if you don't have anyone that's fine but is there anyone that you would like to shout out so I would have to say um the very first group of people that I've made friends with in the cosplay community was Kazohana. Um, they're the ones that kind of like took me in as part of their group. Uh, I guess they kind of like one of the members like spotted me at Indie PopCon and they're like, oh my God, she would be perfect for our Harry Potter group that they wanted to get a photo with um, because Jason Isaacs was going to be at Cincinnati comic expo. And they're like, well, we need her for our group to take a whole big group photo with Jason Isaacs. And so, yeah, I've just been a part of like cause Ohana since then. And they're, they're like my cosplay family, which is fitting because of the name cause Ohana, Ohana from Lilo and stitch. So um, yeah, they're, handle on I guess there's a bunch of people in the group but uh, their handle is cause underscore ohana on Instagram 
Yeah, they're like a really good, talented. Like, I'm the only one that doesn't really make most of my stuff at all, but they make their stuff. And yeah, it's they're insanely talented. Oh, there you are. (laughs) (laughs) I just had the Harry Potter picture. Yeah, we have like a big Harry Potter group that we did. Steven, do you have any shout outs today? Yeah, well, on the note of the parks, today I'm going to shout out our friend Susan uh, from Just the Sunshine State of Mind. Susan, I don't know if she lives in Orlando proper, but she lives near Orlando, at least near enough to where she can be at both Disney and Universal on a routine basis. And let me tell you, when you are sitting in the guest room at your parents' house during month five and a half of being relocated to your parents' house during pandemic, Uh, There's nothing better than opening up your phone and being transported to Main Street USA or to Diagon Alley just through stories and videos and stuff. So Susan, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Thank you for sharing the magic with us uh, one story highlight at a time. And then my shout out is going to be Gryffindork27. She did a side-by-side of the... Godric Gryffindor portrait this week, and I just love it. It's it's just fun. I like seeing the side by sides. So that is my shout out. And then before we finish up, Carrie, would you like to tell us where we can find you on the socials? Um. So the best place would be to go to my link tree that's in my Instagram profile um, that has like all my social medias on there. Um, so my Instagram is carrielx, uh, K-A-R-I-E-L-L-E-X. Um, same thing with carrielx.com. That's my blog that I am trying to post frequent, but it's not happening that well. Um, but yeah, that's, there's a, link tree um in my profile description that has my um tiktok facebook twitter youtube etc so we will definitely be hitting up that link tree to follow you on all the things (laughs) all right and is there anything else steven follow muggle and khakis for all for all of that fire hufflepuff content and by fire, I mean, you know, half-assed and mediocre, but either way, it's there for you. Best content. <laughs> I, I think so. I absolutely think so. I'm thinking of PJs. I, I, will, I will say, I got nowhere good to go with it. I, by the time this episode drops, it will have been a while, so you're going to have to scroll back a little bit, but... I've been posting recently the 20th anniversary Lithuanian editions that I picked up um, from a Lithuanian version of Barnes and Noble, I would believe. I don't read Lithuanian, so it's kind of hard to interpret the page, but that's what it seemed to be. Anywho, um, the the cover art is absolutely beautiful. It was designed, as far as I understand, and again, I could be wrong, I don't speak a little Lithuanian, but it was designed by a local Lithuanian artist. Um, and there are these really beautiful kind of uh, symbolic covers. Um, so, for instance, um, um, book one has like, Harry in the cupboard under the stairs, but kind of like 
almost like pseudo silhouetted and it's really, it's just really beautifully done. Um, book six is a bunch of leaves and lilies and it's kind of in li- you know, little child lily from the flashbacks is in the center of the, co- it's, they're just really beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just, they're really beautiful. And so if for no other reason, like if you're not here for the mediocre Hufflepuff stuff, if you're not here for the bad jokes that I tell, <laughs> um, if you want to see some really pretty books that are worth worth looking at and worth appreciating, take a look at my Instagram. And that is our episode. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. It was fun. That was fun. Thank you. Now, expel.